Welcome to Wizard Team, a magical podcast for Black magical stories. Hi, everyone. It's Bayana, Robin, and Portia embarking on a journey through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. First up, we're reading Amari and the Night Brothers by B.B. Austin, and today we're discussing Chapter 5. But previously on Wizard Team... Previously we... <laughs> on Wizard Team. So Amari gets grounded for, like, the, um, for putting her hands on that one girl, even though... It was justified, but her mama taught her to have some home training. So it was really for not having home training and not for like that, even though the girl deserved it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, So she's grounded, but then she realizes she has to sneak out because she's been nominated for this thing that she still doesn't really know what what it is, but like she has to go to this interview. Um, So in order to. Yes, she's been nominated by her brother um, for something that she has to go interview for. And then, but in order to do that, she has to wear this like really horrible suit. It's green and purple. um, And for some reason, she doesn't think she could just put it in her bag and like take it to the spot and then change. She's like, no, I got to put it on right now. So even though she's supposed to like sneak out of her apartment, um, she is super conspicuous in the suit. Um, her mom is definitely going to find out what happened. And she got roasted all the way to the bus stop. Um, so she's, you know, healthy confidence boost before she goes to interview for a job that she doesn't know about. Or she doesn't really understand. Um, and then we also meet her friend Jaden, um, who is very nice to her. And even though he he too would like to know what's going on with the suit, um, but we just kind of learn a little bit more about him and the ways that like Quentin um, helped him out. Um, and it was also just like again like a missing part of their community. Um, so Amari kind of has Jaden promise her that she won't that he won't do anything like super bad i think he says like i think she says like that will like jeopardize his future um until she can get quentin back and then Jaden promises and that's where we like ended the last chapter so she goes to this office building um which is like it's a saturday it's like super busy um and so (laughs) the difference like we were talking about a lot last week about like black people when they see you look in a mess and how they're gonna say something um and in this case, she's like walks into this building and people are looking at her, but they're like not saying anything. They're just like, that's weird. And then they just <laughs> keep going. So that was like a funny like contrast back to back. Um, but the security guard sees her and knows exactly what she's there for and just like waves her through. So she's like walking up thinking the security guard is going to stop her and be like, what are you doing here? What do you have on? Um, but I think he like smiles too and is just like, go on. Um I so it says um do 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 this these chapters are not that long. Why can I <laughs> Yeah Stranger of the Guard just smiles and waves me through no questions asked. And I I think it's funny because I just read that as like you know, you some office buildings you go in and you're like and the guards literally just were like whatever and you're like Yeah okay I didn't think about the fact that he obviously like probably knows 
with her like suit and everything like yeah. she might be someone from the bureau and who's like there and so yeah. recognizes what what she's actually going to do i didn't i didn't think about that until you just said it mm, yeah i definitely i assumed he was a plant from jump because like maybe <laughs> he wouldn't ask like what you're i think i felt like if somebody walked in and then, like, especially because I think she said, like, there's a business conference or something. So there's clearly a lot of adults in this building and they're, like, working. And then here comes this kid in this suit. Like, I would have questions <laughs> if I didn't already know what was going on. Yeah. I would just like to note that I have the British version of this book. And they omit this whole thing with the security guard. So I don't know if British hmm. people just don't tend to have... uh security guards who question children in buildings i don't know but it's completely erased that's uh, interesting from being in this book i also just want to know because i was i was talking to a friend because i got tickets to go see black panther and um she was and i was like i haven't been to a movie theater in a very long time and she was like i'm really scared about mass shooters and I was telling her, well, no, we're going at 8.30 and we're going to one of those like more expensive ones where you have your seat. And I feel like if a shooter was going to come, they'd go to like an AMC at the mall. And so I was like, <sighs> point of story, I also have thought about mass shooters. And I'm thinking about the fact that like they don't think about mass shooters in Britain mm. because it's not really a thing. So maybe they decided to take that out because it really wouldn't make sense. But they have doormen. They have doormen. Stuff like yeah. that. So, And it's also set in Atlanta. Like, it's not set in... It's not right. set in... Yeah. So, yeah. That's interesting. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, she is... Basically, so, because there's hella people, she um, is having a hard time getting into the elevator alone. Because she has to get into the leftmost elevator by herself. Um, so she spends, so after a while, she, like, literally just decides to, like, sit down and wait until all these people, like, go by. Um, and then she finally finds her chance, and then some dude, like, pops up and is trying to get in the elevator. And so she tries to hold, like, tries to hold the doors, and he's like, stop that! I've got a meeting I'm already late for, which I'm just like, okay, sir, you don't have to get your tone together. (laughs) Like, you could, you could do something else, like, um... But she tells him that she has a really bad cold. Um, and so ends up like getting him to leave because she's pretending that she's sick. And he is like, you know what? Maybe I can wait. Uh, I don't need these problems. Yeah. He's like, oh, I don't think that COVID like exists in this universe, but. Um, it was written pre-COVID. Yeah, I, so, but I did write mask advocacy here. Literally, like, <laughs> it's such a weird thing now. Like I always think about even watching things that like came out way before 2020, and like just like wow, that's a large crowd of people. None yeah, of them are masked. <laughs> I'm like, why would just really get into each other's faces? Like, like ew. come on. Like I'm just like, mm, there are just things that like we will never hopefully some of us will just never do again yeah and like i always thought about that though like when i was trying to like think back to like pre-covid and that was always a space in which like someone coughed something if i was in an elevator i would be like oh it's disgusting like mm-hmm. you just feel so caged in so that yeah. was like 
even like pre-COVID or whatever, I like really, especially kids, I really identified uh, with this man. My, hate- my my baby brother has been like, has had a cold all week and he's kids are what, like 19 deaths. months. He's like 19 months old. So he does not know anything about covering his mouth or any of that. He's just got to mm-hmm. get it out. So he's been sneezing and coughing. And I've just been like, every time he does it, we all look at him like, for real? Like, <laughs> My niece had a cold. We're like, really? This is what you're doing right now? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he'll be, like, he'll be so systematized about like coughing right? openly that he'll He's not even two and, and we're just like, bro, you good? Like, <laughs> My niece please. had a cough. Or, not a cough. She was like, she had the sniffles, I guess is what we would call mm-hmm. it. And she sneezed in my she's like she's at that point where she doesn't really kiss you but she just like puts her whole face on your face and mm-hmm. stays for a while mm-hmm. um and since i got my hair retwisted she's been like oh you're looking good auntie and it's been all up in the hair so she sneezed in my face like she's playing yeah. with my hair and then just Hak-ching! yeah and i said oh <laughs> she looked it's at just... me like and then yeah. smiled, and I was like, get your... <laughs> it's like, no, I mean, no. Not, not at all, to... but at least she's not in daycare, because, like, the minute yeah. kids go to daycare, I'm like, it's over no. With. Absolutely it's over not. They were surprisingly able to keep um, the three-year-old away, so they, like, so he didn't get sick. But, um, yeah. A lot of germs. And the way they be touching each other, and, ugh, All ugh, up in each other's faces. Stuff their hands in their mouths oh. after they've yeah. five million ugh. things. It's really, it's really bad. And Amari isn't that young. No, she's, she's like twelve, still... so she's so she's at least she knows like, to like, cover her can... mouth when she coughs. Like, <laughs> yeah, but she also knew that saying that would be gross enough for the man to be like, "Nah, I'm good." Like, yeah, you got like, yeah, you got. But those. she still <laughs> also is like in that like you have a cold and you're twelve, so you're in school with like who knows what your germs mm, right. have been through. What the, what do they mutate is, like, into? My immune system is not your immune system. <laughs> and he's like, I no. definitely have to be at work, so I'ma just I'ma just wait. It's cool. It's cool. Also like why are all these people here on a Saturday? It's probably a con. <laughs> no, why are you doing a conference on a like a conference Saturday. on a Saturday? It's the worst. It's a kinda... work conference should not be over the weekend. No. They do be. They do. do. I know they do, but they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. I'm going to one in next week in two weeks, and I was like, oh, I have to figure out my work schedule while I'm at this conference. And I was like, not doing none of this, like, after work hour stuff. Most right. of the time if I'm at a co- work conference, a work related conference, that is my work for the day. Like I, I might yeah. like specifically put like a meeting mm-hmm. or something with like people that I are related to my like work I'm doing, like happening at the con. But generally I'm like, no, that's my work day. Like I have to work. I'm going for like this is for a professional skill development. So that's what we're gonna be doing. Yeah. yeah. Like doubling up is trash. <laughs> you did not expect for me to answer any emails. In fact, you can get this out of office email bounce to your uh response mm-hmm. to whatever you send mm-hmm. me. Um so yeah, so Amari's alone. Um the elevator door is shut and she has to press the basement button twenty-six times. So she does this, and then... Can we talk about how... 
how many times that is to press a button. <laughs> Not just that, but like how poorly this elevator design is. And like semi-spoiler, but elevators kind of play a big role in this book. And it's one of the things mm. that I really love about like the magical quality of this book. Yeah. But in terms of having like a secret meeting and you need to go and all this stuff like why is it in a building that has this much foot traffic even if it is a conference like there should it should never have the capability of being this much foot traffic in a building like that where you have to be alone hit the button 26 times like do you like in a office building do you know how hard it is to get a elevator by yourself yeah i think i mean we're gonna get there but i think that because the office she goes to looks benign and they don't actively, it's not part, it doesn't have um, any functioning portions that are part of the magical world, really, that you would have to really get into the office space in order to, like, note something's off. So I feel like that's their, their security is no security, which means not looking like anything that needs to be secure. I get um, that, but there's also, like, just like lesser like she's like this is a skyscraper like they're just they're they're i feel like there's like a medium ground of like a a less foot traffic heavy still mundane building yeah i think part of it is that like in in a on a different weekend it probably would be not as like not as much foot traffic right maybe during the maybe during the week but like you know these are kids so you assume that they're in school during the week so you know what i mean like i don't it feels yeah, like it just feels like, like, like i mean we'll get into but... it a little bit more but it feels like that office is not like there is like this function of it for amari but there feels like there are other uses for that mundane office and it just i just feel like that there's i just think that there's a better system there's a better system I wonder if because it's like it looks like a mundane world kind of thing um, because it's like it's more likely that this is where people are coming who don't have any inkling that there's this magical world that exists and this is the first time they're learning about it is here they're either one trying to build into like the like this is a professional space it's not just like a rundown storefront that feels like kind of like backward, like you know, you're not sure about and you're already kind of hesitating. They want to make people feel as like quote unquote normal about being in this space before they go into the very weird, strange space that will happen once they get into the deeper part of the world, which is not this building. Yeah. Yeah. And I also thought like maybe, you know, they've been around for a long time and there's like gentrification happening all over like Atlanta. So it probably maybe it wasn't as busy at one point and now there's like just more. Right. Like things change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they just never changed the, the building that they were based out of. But mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I just am unsatisfied with this <laughs> system. I also like 26 button times was, is a good number for like even if like a child who just like likes to play with buttons is on the on the elevator they weren't going to press it 26 times like they'll right. press maybe like 20 but not right. 26 you know and not like I feel like if you're a kid like you're not pressing the same button yeah, yeah you're, you're going, gonna do that you're like going all, all up and down the yeah. thing yeah um yeah and so I like this part because it's very like I mean, like, it's where the, like, the men in black kind of thing comes in. It's, like, very, like, spy 
type thing. So after she presses the button, um, the lights dim, a red beam scans the elevator and it says nomination form detected, please proceed. And then the back of the elevator opens up into a hallway. So she's not even going up or down. It literally, there's like a door and she just has to go through into um, this winding hallway with metal walls, which is like really cool. And also like, in some ways i feel like this is a good like we'll kind of we'll get deeper into it in like this chapter and the next one of just like the introduction to this world i think this is a like this part specifically is kind of a good way to like ease somebody into like the more that we'll end up seeing because like like you were saying portia like it's not like super um like it's weird and it's like cool in some ways and it kind of reminds you of a movie but it doesn't jump straight into like here we are like here's all this stuff you don't recognize and don't understand understand at all at once um so yeah so she leans forward um trying to see like where it's going but she's kind of just gonna have to like go down to do it um so yeah so she she follows the hall goes into a um waiting room and then finds like there's like this receptionist um and Amari's like, you know, my brother nominated me. And she's kind of like realizing that she still doesn't know what she's been nominated for. Yeah. Um, Cause he, Quentin didn't say like a cut, like maybe the delivery person, I think like mentioned the bureau, but didn't explain what that was. So this whole time she's been like following this thread on like very little information um, and really just like, the trust of her brother or trust in her brother um but everyone that she talks to knows what what she's talking about which then is like yeah and so she's just like so the lady's like of course um and says like our recruiter isn't in um there's a loud crash and then she's like oh looks like he's here so you can go um like go into the last office um and i think and let me know i i don't we'll see more of this later but like we talked a little bit about how that this world kind of thrives on secrets and how it's kind Mm -hmm. of not fair um to be kind of thrust in here and not have the background or or like you know the legacy of all of these things and i was thinking that like ideally Quentin would not be missing and would walk Amari through this process right yeah but even still there are still like there are still other kids I'm assuming who would be in similar situations right but I'm and that's what I was thinking like how many kids are getting nominated and having to kind of navigate this with like the bare minimum of information mm-hmm. right like, what was or like quentin's how many times experience? does this happen um what was quentin's experience because yeah like how did he get him? recruited like, who did not who nominated him and like how much did they let him know did they are you able ideal would quentin be able to like go with him go with her you know mm-hmm. if he was around like it just made me think about like the ways in which this would work not only for like kind of legacy or kids that kind of grew up closer to this world what this process looks like but like what does it look like for like a Quentin or someone who like yes Amari is in a unique situation because Quentin is missing and um 
presumably, because you it says like they have until from like twelve to eighteen, I guess, to join this. Presumably, yeah, he was waiting a little. He would have waited a little bit longer to introduce her. Maybe she's like fifteen, sixteen. Who know? We don't really know. Mm-hmm. But like, what she's going through this like completely alone, and mm-hmm. with bare minimum of information, and it's just like very strange. And there's another part later in this chapter where I was just like. Yeah, it just gets... I, I need someone who it, needs, it gets, need, like... Yeah. It's like, somebody just yeah. say something. Like, don't just, like... like I need someone and, to and it's, her. like, a mix of, like... It's a mix of... It's, like, you know, when you're, like, in a conversation with someone or with people and they know all of the context of the thing and you don't. <laughs> and you're just sitting so, there, like, like you're lost. In. No, I'm... No, not... No, I'm talking <laughs> about, like... So, Okay. You come in and you, but you're the only person who has that, right? So you're coming into an inform into a group, and no one else has the context. You're the only person with the context. That's different from walking into something and like everyone else knows what's going on, and you're having to like figure out like what's everyone else going is using on. jargon, and you're right. like, and you're like, what? Yeah. Like that's kind of what it is. It's like so, but and I say that to say like they're used to it. You know what I mean? Like they don't know what you don't know, and they don't they like assume that everyone just yeah. knows what's going on um, and things that are like novel and confusing to you are commonplace to them. So they don't even know right. to, to really like explain, explain it or to like yeah. say anything. And I think it's that coupled with the secrecy. So it's also that they're like also used to not saying certain things <laughs> because of how like locked down they keep it. And so it's like, yeah, it just has like a really, it just is weird. Like I, it's like one of those like I see how we got here. I don't know that we should be here, but I see, I see, I see like I see the steps. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, it just to me is like she is. I was thinking about this because again, I was at a child's birthday party yesterday. My twelve-year-old cousin. I mean, he's sassy, and I. That's the only way I can explain this mm-hmm. child. He is sassy. <laughs> like that's just like if you look in the dictionary. Under that, under sassy, there's a picture of my little cousin. But he is still like he looks so childlike. You know what I mean? Like it's I'm not like oh yeah, you're gonna figure it out on you. I I just would I want to protect him, mm-hmm. you know, or like just be around and like have adult supervision. And there just seems to be this like oh yeah, he's you know he's not here. Oh. I guess he is here. Go on, go on in. Like walk the baby right in the office. She does you know, not like, know you, what is going on. When you, like unaccompanied minors at the at the airport, and like you walk mm-hmm. them to their seat. Yeah, I just want someone to like guide her. her a little bit more. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like she's so like. It feels like she's very, like, and very, in, oh, it feels like, well, we see already and then, like, we'll continue to see, like, she's a very independent kid. Like, she is yeah. definitely one of those kids who is just like, nah, I got it. It's but on the bus. It's also, it yeah. yeah. But, like you said, it's also, like, doesn't necessarily mean that she should have to all the time. Yeah. And especially when she's entering this world that, like, she, again, has no idea what's happening. <laughs> she's just going off of vibes right now. <laughs> very much this this crazy suit and vibes so yes who knows very (laughs) uncomfortable
Wizard Team is brought to you by Black Nerds Create, a collective providing content through the lens of critical and creative fandom. If you want to support or partner with BNC on projects like Wizard Team, let's build. Find out how at blacknerdscreate.com support. Okay, so Amari um, goes into the office. Inside, a desk is in pieces on the floor, and there's, like, a dude who's uh, standing over the mess, and he is in this um, suit. So <laughs> so he has on orange, bright orange pants, um, traffic cone bright. His, short, his shirt is orange, too. Um, and then Amari's like, I've seen orange shirts before, but this guy's shirt has the nerve to be covered in orange and brown feathers. And I love, like, I in her, it. like, commentary, she's like, the nerve. Like, what? <laughs> she's I like, wrote, this fool. Like, not only is he, like, fluorescent, but he's got the nerve to have texturized feathers on his Right. Just, like, you're I, doing a lot, bro. I just had the thought that, like, there's no way that Bayana or especially, like, Bayana's mom, like, they just wouldn't enter the world on principle at this point. Like, <laughs> if it would have to be that someone in their family was missing. Because I see Bayana looking at this man, like, walking in the office, looking at this man's shirt and saying, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, looking at that man's shirt, looking down at the suit that she's wearing. And, being and then like, suddenly being like, what am I out. doing here? I'm like, you know what? This is where I tap out. <laughs> I, you know, I'm done. I don't even know. I had, like, a... <laughs> just a moment like why what am i why am i here like what what is what's going on <laughs> right <laughs> um i was laughing so hard just thinking about like how you would deal <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it's it's honestly atrocious and like but i will say like reading it when you get to that part my head is like oh i get what's happening you know what i mean like you immediately are like mm-hmm. Oh, okay, there's clearly a reason. Now we see why she got the suit on. Even before we like yeah. really get into the suit itself, but like you're like, okay, got it. We this is this is the person that she has to talk to, so she's got to meet him where he's at. Um, so he waves her in. Is like, I'm cleaning up. He told his transporter to put him at the desk, not in the desk. Um, but it didn't. I didn't want work a transporter out. so bad, man. First of all. I just My life would be so much better <laughs> if I had a transporter. As somebody yes. who is, you know, I'm I'm staring Monday in the face in this commute, this Monday commute in the face, and I'm just like, if I had a transporter, man, man, I wouldn't even have to take wouldn't my even pajamas think about off it. Even to drop off like, the kid. <laughs> I'd be like, put you on. You got to school? Great. I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> Um, I just want. Uh, I noted how like iris- he got into the mess because of his own irresponsibility. Like, sir, you should know at this point, for as long as you've been dealing with this world, that chewing food while trying to give something a command is not a good idea. Right. I was thinking about that. Do you remember that really awesome Got Milk commercial, the Aaron Burr with like Ellen Ball with <laughs> he has all the peanut butter in his mouth. Y'all don't know. I that? don't. It's an amazing... You have told me about it, but I have not seen it. Oh my god, I'm gonna send it to you after this. It's a Got Milk commercial, and this guy has, like, the entire Aaron Burr, Alexander Hamilton duel. He, like, lives in this museum, like, his whole thing, and it's listening to this radio 
program that's like the first caller who can tell me who shot Alexander Hamilton will win a million dollars. And so he gets on the phone, but he just took a big bite of like a peanut butter sandwich. And so when they ask him, he's like, oh, bull, oh, bull. And the guy can't understand him because he doesn't have any milk to clear his. Mm. Amazing. Mm. It's amazing. So that's what I was thinking about when him taking a bite of steak and then and then being like doing this transpire. command. But I don't know why, but I was thinking about Hank Aaron. I was like, like an like an athlete. Like, why would I remember mm-hmm. an athlete being like, like the only athletes I remember for Got Milk were like Venus and Serena. I do not remember anything. I can't else. believe you guys do not know this Got Milk commercial. This is very upsetting. <laughs> it's like the one thing that advertising got like really well well done. I mean, they're. I beg to differ, but yes. I mean, there's a lot of really great commercials, but this one. Maybe because it came out in a formative time. It is a top tier commercial! (laughs) Made me want to drink milk! That's so funny. Um. Sorry. She also loves trivia, so that makes sense as well. Yeah. No, it makes 100% sense why that why you like that commercial. Right, why it, like, stuck with you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Amari starts to introduce herself, but then dude cuts her off and is like, um, I'm Barnabas, or Mr. Barnabas Ware. Um, full introduction won't be necessary because the this year's summer program already started. Um, and Amari's like, well, I just got the nomination, so, like, how's this work um so he's just like nah you're gonna have to you know come back next year but as he's telling her this he keeps her suit and is like is that suit a genuine Du Bois um and Amari is like I I don't know what that means um (laughs) so we find out that this suit is like just it's from this like famous fashion designer um and then so okay this man is like, can I, would you mind removing the jacket? I'd love to try it on. And I'm just like, you do not know her. I just, can we back it up a slight bit? Yeah. Then, the like, designer's the same designer that he's wearing. So like, first of all, that's yes. hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. Two, um, the man touched the jacket before he asked her to take it off. Right. Sister consent? Right, please. This is a 12 year old. You're touching the clothing like, they are can I, wearing. Can I try Sir. on your jacket? Uh, no. Sir. <laughs> if the suit itself didn't get me when I walked in the door, that would have that would have had me out. <laughs> like, you. you know what? Like you You're just like, can't be touching me. Go. Cut the cameras. Like <laughs> 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 I'm done. Um, so yeah. So but Amari's like, okay, sure, whatever. Um, she's like, I don't know. No, she says, it's strange that anyone would be interested in this ugly thing except for maybe wanting to burn it and dance on the ashes. But then this guy is comfortable wearing orange and brown feathers. I slide off the jacket and hand it to him. So now I'm also picturing him putting this jacket on over the the ensemble he already (laughs) is wearing and just like the eyesore. (laughs) I love the shade that she threw there because she was like, I do not, I, this should be ashes, yeah. but he is already has questionable fashion choices. So this just is right up his whole style. I suppose yeah. like the shade of it all, like this man has no taste in Amari's head. I just, <laughs> I, just I feel like Amari's also like, I mean, if you trying it on, that means I'm not wearing it for a little bit. Right. So. Exactly. <laughs> like I Thank look a little you. less ridiculous. <laughs> um, so he puts it on and it 
like fits perfectly. So we find out that um, uh, Du Bois has like a one size fits all feature, which is like actually dope. If it wasn't so hideous, like it's a really dope like <laughs> thing yeah, to have. Probably pants magic. Yeah, exactly. Literally. Um, so yeah, so like you find out like apparently there are a lot of knockoffs, but Du Bois is the only one that like has it, which also makes me think that like. I don't know. Proprietary. I guess with him, it's like, okay, do you have any other like chill fashions or like? (laughs) I just feel like you can't. Who do non flamboyant patterns? Right. Because I will say, I forget which one it was, but there was a jean company that like had great fitting jeans, but they're they always had like like sequins or just something that was just like if was it apple bottom no i don't know what they were but it was always like they were just like a little bit off it was like they the fit perfect but if they if you could just make a jean with the just fit, regular jean just, <laughs> i don't need all the embellishments yeah yeah i don't need the rest of this stuff i forget who it was it was a clothing company though but i remember being like you're so close. <laughs> so close. Um, so Mr. Ware talks about how his his outfit is from the tropical collection, Essence of a Sandy Parrot. Of <laughs> like, good for you, bro. Why not? Um who in their right mind has ever looked at a parrot and was like, yo, that right there. I'm that's whole, what I'm trying to wear. Summer resort wear collection <laughs> based on feathers. Fluorescent feathers and sand. That's what I want to do. I mean, it's working for Du Bois. It's working for his followers because his followers are hardcore, apparently. Man. Um, So he goes, now you might be wondering why it is I have on vacation attire. Um, So apparently he's been on vacation and then he receives an urgent message that um, a child was added to the list and no one was in the office. Um. So he's he's salty because I mean I would be too because apparently does the green grass was like nah I'm not coming <laughs> my tiger like not and not even like oh I gotta answer emails on vacation like no nah, I gotta transport to the office from wherever he is where he gets to wear tropical attire and be in the office to check some kid in how much um, did he save up for that essence of feather okay fit. He to just waste it was, by going no, back to the office. He was TikTok ready. He had a date, like mm-hmm. he had every like every day flick. So whatever he had, get ready with me resort wear edition <laughs> for, for his vacation. And here he was like on day two or three, and his office is like, oh yo, so we need someone to cover your space because your coworker who's supposed to be there, she ain't there. So you need to pop on in. And because right. for some for some reason she can't not adopt tigers as pets like and we'll you'll get there but for me i was just like for me i this is this is why i bench who i bench at the end of this chapter because i'm like nah um there's one thing i'm gonna stand up, up about is about workers rights because you can't take my good vacation time from me right because of your lack of planning right and the fact that he said planning on your part does not come not to an emergency, emergency on, on mine mm-hmm. no and I will say though, if I lived in this world, I would totally be this coworker who like, except instead of tigers, it would be like Robin adopted herself a goddamn wolf again. 
because man <laughs> is that a thing that we can do like do y'all know how much i want a wolf i mean no i don't know that i knew that no neither they're just big puppies <laughs> Oh my god, they're huge! Uh, they're not and they mall. Yeah, I'm pretty they, sure no, I saw a wolf. Like I don't, I don't know if it was true because we're in. I now I feel like um, our auntie Robin. I was like, I saw a coyote. <laughs> I, oh I was driving in the hills and I saw like it was. I was like, okay, maybe it's just. And I went by, you know what I mean. But it was like by you saw, a, you saw a coyote. You didn't see a wolf. Probably. I must have seen a coyote. Yeah. But I like legit saw a coyote and I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> Those are huge. But they're the difference big. is that coyotes, coyotes are mean. Like just, they just have a bad well, was, If it was a wolf or a coyote, I was still driving. I was continuing minding my business. It was a yeah. coyote. We don't have wolves. I think yeah. the coyotes that's what I are small. No. They're not, um, they're not small. They're smaller. Small. I know foxes, foxes are small. small, but I thought coyotes yeah. were like around, like not that bi- much bigger than foxes or dogs. Mm-mm. They're bigger than dogs. It was like it was like dog, dog size. It was like a bigger yeah. dog size. They're some of them, depending on also like the type of coyote. Some of them can be like thirty pounds, but um, the ones that we have in the bay are bigger. Because um, I I don't know if I told you about the time that me and Luna were on a walk and someone was like, "Oh, be careful! There's a coyote that's like in the neighborhood." Oh, and then Luna was like, "Oh, we playing?" And I was like, "Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> <Be out. laughs> Now I literally like just now remembered that I saw that coyote because I saw it and I was like, you know, I'm listening to Renaissance. I'm just going down the, the road is windy, so I literally like looked at it, like kind of made eye contact, but I was still driving, and then I forgot, <laughs> like almost immediately. So yeah, but, that, but anyway, so coyotes are kind of mean, and that's mostly because they are. Um, urban animals and so mm-hmm. you know humans suck whatever yeah wolves generally are very close to like dogs they they will they'll avoid us like they don't mess with us but mostly they'll just like run away but if you see the wolves that have been like raised in like reserves and habitat and stuff like that they're just big cuddle monsters and i want one and they'll like roll around and then they like yip oh <laughs> So what Robin's saying is she would be a Thesda green grass. She would. She would be uh, a Stark. She would be a house Stark. She did like mm-hmm. not only would she have a wolf, yes. she would have dire wolves. A dire wolf. And she'd just be running around with a dire wolf pack. <laughs> um Ugh. so yeah, so 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 Mr. Ware is going on a whole rant about his coworker. Um and Amari is like, okay, please give me some answers. Like she has to interrupt. Um so she asks how the jacket fits him, and he's like, "Well, an, an enchant enchantment, of course, a patented enchantment." Um, and Amari's like, "As in magic?" Uh, so Mister Ware's like, "Yeah." So again, like they're just kind of just like not explaining things, um, just very matter of factly. Yeah. So he asks, um, like, where she got the suit. She Amari explains, um, and then. Mr. Ware, so basically, Mr. Ware ends up like being like, okay, I'm not usually one to break the rules, but you know, you have such taste that I gotta help you out. And you let me so, wear it. And you let me wear it. So Quentin knew what he was talking about. I, mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> it's very Quentin unfortunate, was, but <laughs> yeah. Quentin knew that like it was coming, it was the timing was off. Um, 
for because like he he knew what, what time of year Amari's school ended and what time of the year the camp starts. So he knew that he knew that he she was gonna need some kind of buffer to get yeah. over the fat like whatever she was gonna the obstacles she would face in this. And he was ready for but not only like did did Quentin set up somehow someone going and uh talking to Thesda Greengrass or whatever because how did he know this particular agent who is a fan of Du Bois would be right? The would one be the one to talk to Amari. Yeah, I mean, I assume that he didn't, but like maybe he knows because it seems like there's only two people in this office, right? Like unless that's so either Homegirl is also fan. An, yeah, yeah, unless she's also an enthusiast, but it was maybe just like a fifty-fifty situation. Um, yeah. Can't account for everything, but he sure tried. And it would suck if it didn't come in handy. Mm-hmm. All that just for it to not to not work. <laughs> I feel like Amari was like, "You want this shirt? You want these pants? <laughs> right? Like, come Pass on. me a whole other outfit. Let's go." Um. So then, okay. So Mr. Ware says it's my job to offer you a spot in our rather unique summer camp. And then he, you find out like he can't actually tell her anything about the summer camp until she says that she is gonna go and if she says yes she's obligated to attend for the summer um this is the most is just like what i've ever read in my life it doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense mm-hmm. it's like and this is where me? i was mm-hmm. talking about like unaccompanied minoring amari because mm-hmm. this is the most antithetical to everything that you would ever teach a child yep because it's, it's essentially if, like if signing Quentin a contract without missing, reading it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I literally, I literally missing, said, I, I literally was like, like, yeah. I literally wrote in my notes, I was like, this is fine for Amari because she has to find Quentin. So, like, regardless of what the stipulations are, like, she's going to do that anyway. But generally, nah. Like, <laughs> it's like this yeah. can't. I, yeah, I wrote in my notes, like, if Amari's brother wasn't missing, I would find this, like, this would take me out of the world of the book mm. i would immediately be like no <laughs> mm-hmm. no right so. the only, and the other thing that makes it sad about it is that she's trusting and her brother the only thing she has to guide her is her brother's judgment mm-hmm. and yeah. the only thing that she knows and we like what she talks about it is like is that this is dangerous like that's the only thing she knows so it's mm-hmm. like this is based on your brother's judgment and the only thing you know is that there might be magic involved and that it's dangerous right. and that's like that is so unfair because she doesn't even have a chance to like get at least a minimum of like understanding like where it's like oh you can come back if you like have other you know if you want to like questions you want to think about it talk to an adult or whatever yeah Mm -hmm. this is your one and only chance so either you're going to do it now or you're not going to do it yeah and i think like i think one of the things i really like about this book is that in this introduction to this world like there's some really cool stuff and it's very easy to like get not like like get swept up in the fact that like some of the stuff that we're getting to see is really dope but there's also just like very clear hints that this place is not like some magical utopia um like it's a bureaucratic like mess kind of you know what I mean like there's just a lot of things that don't really make sense or things that are honestly not great policies and like all of these things you see up front like we're only in chapter five so you see those things and 
we're obviously going to get deeper into it. Um, but I like appreciate that we see them both at the same time. So it's not like, oh, we're getting blindsided by all the dope stuff. And then later we go in and as you get deeper, you find out things aren't like too great. It's like, no, nah, you kind of see the pros and cons as you're entering the world. Um, and then as like also- the world becomes expanded, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, no, I saw that back in the first couple chapters when like <laughs> Amari is having to like give this sign this verbal contract with literally two scraps of information. I also think that like I um you know you talk about like the way like people of privilege like just don't think about things. Like someone was talking about um when they tried to the the app grinder and they tried to like open it up for like straight people and women and it was like because grinders like locations will literally be like this person that you've matched with is is 14 feet from you like they're like it's not like less mm. than a mile it's like is it 200 feet oh you know what i mean and so like women are like hell no am i letting someone be like that able to like know my location right or when you think about like when like any woman ever has like talked to a guy um or talked to their friends that like oh i'm going to meet someone and they're like please call me if you can get a picture of their license like whatever right. and then you Similar send location. Thing to a guy right and he's, and a guy's like wait what cuz they don't think about that because mm-hmm. it's not a danger but to us it's like inconceivable right yeah i this to me was like I'm not surprised if we find that this world very closely resembles the school that Amari has these troubles in because this is inconceivable to like, and again, what was Quentin going through and who helped him Mm -hmm. through this process Mm -hmm. when he started? Because how, how the, the, this is so just like red flag, red flag, red flag for any like, Mm you know yeah but even like even rich kids um even kids who have like any level of like someone who has a legal understanding of the world is taught better than to uh, like agree to something without knowing what they're agreeing to like that's like Mm -hmm. just like a basic like if anyone has any knowledge about like what you like what you shouldn't do never do something (laughs) never agree to do something without knowing what you're going to get into Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And again, for Amari, there's like the stipulation that for her, whether she it's knows or doesn't way. know, she's going to do it anyway because it's the only way for her to find, or yeah, for only way for her to figure out what happened to her brother and how to save him. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely one of those things where you're like, yo, no, like don't do it. But then you're like, nah. But <laughs> it's like, and like, honestly, she goes through that too. Like when she asks if it's dangerous and like she, you know, she, for her, it's like, that doesn't matter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I yeah. I have to do it regardless. Um, and so um, she looks at Mr. Ware and she says, I accept. And, that's and again, it's also chapter. like really interesting because Amari is interested in this world and is like fascinated by this, but like her ultimate goal is to find Quentin. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not really to join this world. Like she still got one foot outside of it. Right. But. Right. Like I think that if, I think that if she, if it was just a regular situation (laughs) and she was just like invited to join this thing that she doesn't know and Quentin wasn't 
like in danger or whatever, then I think she'd probably be like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yep. I think her having to put on a suit would have been her. She's like, nah, I'm not going. Yeah, it's like, go this is a that. lot. Like, what am, what am I getting out of this for real? Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, having, like, the stakes for her be high enough for her to do stuff that it just does not seem like it would be in her character to do otherwise, like, I think is really um, important for this. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's like talk about MVPs. I said Amari mostly because, like, this is some BS, kind of, and she's just, like, growing through it, and she's kind of taking it all in stride. Um, and just, like, her, like, dedication to finding her brother and being like, nah, we're just, like, we're gonna do it. Like, I appreciate that. So, that's, she's my MVP. Um, I had Quentin as my MVP. I think, like, it's one of those things where you get a sense of like from Amari's perspective of like how um well respected and liked Quentin is and you can kind of see the ways in which he's like charms people in the like okay you're gonna have to talk to Mr. Ware because think about the fact that if Mr. Ware <laughs> how lucky Amar- Amari is well we don't really know but I'm assuming that if Miss Greengrass was actually about her shit and was covering her job the job the Dubois suit wouldn't go as far because mm-hmm. Mari doesn't really comment on the receptionist's outfit, right? So this is like very much a like, you gonna wear the suit and instantly Mr. Rare is going to be on your, you know, be more, be on your side, I guess. Yeah. And so just like setting her up for success in this way, like I don't like, how this has gone about but he's missing and so he doesn't really get to control that but like he did very much plot out like if I'm not able to actually be there and help you through this process I'm going to set you up for success and like the best possible outcome so I like his planning and like being able to like use his charm and knowledge of people to help Amari out I also made uh, Quentin MVP for the same reasons um, setting her up for success and everything. I also want to note that for better or worse it seems like Quentin's one of Quentin's uh, good and like Quentin's really good at is selling things while even being in the room and that is a skill and a talent that I don't have and or <laughs> don't think that I have and admire and that he's like he's not in the room but he's selling the guy on Amari and giving her a chance. He's selling Amari mm-hmm on this whole endeavor because she has like sadly because she has no other choice like he's able to like execute things without even being there and that's a skill that should not go unremarked upon so mvp yeah um benched so i like i said i think i said in the last chapter like i or last episode i want to bench like specific people um the Bureau was wildin' in this one, so, like, my, like, parentheses is, like, Bureau policies, because all of her having to, like, agree to do this thing with no information, I think, is ridiculous. Um, but that's the green grass, because, ma'am, why do you keep bringing tigers into your home when there's clearly a policy against it? And then now you got homeboy coming from vacation to pick up your slack, and I just feel like... And also, tigers obviously don't want to be in your home. they're strolling in your neighborhood and you live in like what are you doing like what's that about i think what is going for me, on i loved how the setup of that sentence was like she keeps having cat problems so it seems like it's like 
oh, a regular thing. Yeah, yeah, for me, I'm like, oh, your cat's sick. Like, okay, she's, if you know, like, another thing is, like, if you got a sick cat at home and you got to, like, sometimes do what you yeah, got to do. do. But, nah, I was a tiger right. and <laughs> she was not supposed to have it, so. <laughs> <laughs> Insane. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know who came up with the elevator system, but they're bitch. <laughs> It's the elevator system, and this is kind of a spoiler because I will say the 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 elevators in this book from my previous reads probably heavily influenced how annoyed I was by this elevator. Mm. I don't know if the first time I read this book, this elevator instructions really like triggered me the way that they did this time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh but I gosh. couldn't get past. Her having to sit her ass on a bench in this suit as a 12-year-old in a busy office building <laughs> waiting for a free elevator. There has to be a better system. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> for me, I benched capitalism because I am, again, like I said earlier, workers' rights, labor rights. This man has accrued his vacation days and has taken them accordingly. <laughs> He's befitted himself with the outfits that he was ready to wear while mm-hmm. on the beach. Mm-hmm. He said he was having quite the time. And with his wife! His, with the, and his yes, steak sandwich. <laughs> right! And his boss is going to tell him that he needs to come to his office because they couldn't staff the office properly? So it sounds like a you problem, not a freaking me problem. I did everything I needed to do to have time off. You need to pay and break, take your butt into the office and recruit this kid, not me. So, all of that, all of that, the thing that ha- whatever has these people crowding this office building on a Saturday, all the things, it's capitalism through and through. And I hate it. I hate it for everyone. And if it weren't for capitalism, Amari's mother wouldn't be at work to- on Saturday, would be able to accompany her daughter, would be able to talk through what's going on and be like, uh uh-uh, uh, I- I'm not feeling that. So, again, capitalism, the ill of all ills. Boo. That's the bitch for me. Uh, she makes points. I know it's not a person, but... <laughs> People uphold it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, 100%. Thank you all for listening. Join <laughs> us next week when we discuss Chapter 6. Wizard Team is brought to you by Black Nerds Create. If you want to keep up with our other content, you can check out our website at blacknerdscreate.com. Follow us on Twitter. Ooh, do you still want to follow us on Twitter? We're still there for now. We're there. We'll uh, be there. <laughs> at Black Nerds Create, BLK Nerds Create, at Yana Wrote It, at Robin underscore Rambles, and at Poor She Uh. You can follow us on Instagram at Black Nerds Create and subscribe to our monthly magic newsletter on our website. And please do not forget to rate and review this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Okay, thanks, y'all. Bye!